Yo. Oh, Darren's starting us off this time. Oh, and he's... Darren, have you thought that maybe you should have taken that sip of water right before, like, before you no. said you were ready? And we started no. recording? No. And I'll tell you why. Okay. I have a, uh, I have a hydration coach who is a fan of the podcast, and oh. he, wants, he wants to listen to make sure that I'm getting all the water that I am getting. So I – did I drink it uh, right when we started to make it seem like I'm getting more water than I actually am? Maybe. But is that a problem? I don't think so. Uh, so you have a hydration coach. What's, uh, what's the deal with that? Um, I went to the doctor a couple years ago and they told me that my pH level was uncharacteristically low. Um, I needed more H2O in my PP and they said we have, there's three ways we can deal with this. Um, we can either take you to physical therapy, we can take you out back and shoot you. (laughs) or there's a hydration coach and boy i didn't want the third one but they they gave me the hydration coach darren i don't think that's what a ph is i don't think you just drink more water to get your ph up well i don't think that that is the service i'm paying for um so that's that's what i'm doing you know uh yeah i guess the thing is, like, uh, you you keep telling me that you don't have that much money, and it seems like this is like an unnecessary because this hydration coach keeps up with how much you're drinking by listening to the podcast and seeing if you're drinking on the show. Yeah, he's a big fan. He tunes into every episode. Um, he's tuned in since day one. Uh, I feel so. like that's a bad system because like we've missed a bunch of episodes and like. Sometimes you don't drink water yeah, during the he episodes. He has been pissed. He has been sending me angry text messages lately. Um, How much saying, are you paying this guy? I'm paying. I'm paying him about uh, three hundred and fifty dollars a week. Darren, that's unreasonable. How is that unreasonable? He's, you paid him three hundred fifty dollars to listen to like an hour of of us talking. Not he doesn't even see the video. So he just has to listen in really closely and hope that he can tell when you're drinking. Yeah, he's hope a that pretty. This is a guy. This is a guy who's been in the field for a good amount of time. He's got his PhD, his PhD, and uh, his Ph doctorate. And um, uh, he's got he's, a PhD he's, in he's what? He's one of the best in in pH. And he's got his doctorate in pH. Like. Okay, but do you know that like a, the doc, like a, if you went to a doctor to like see how you are, that that guy doesn't have a PhD, or that gal doesn't have a PhD. That you got an MD. Do you know that? Well, no. Well, do no, you they, know that? No, they have a doctorate in pH. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's a pH doctorate. No, but does he have an MD or a PhD? What is it? What's the, What's his degree? Uh, it's, it's a doctorate in pH. That's what his, that's what his master's was. It was pH. He, so like, I mean, his, his doctorate was pH. That's what his major was. For instance, when you look at your diploma, it says associate's degree. When well, he looks at his diploma, what does it say? <laughs> it says doctorate. When you look at that piece of paper you've got so proudly displayed on your wall, it says general education <laughs> diploma. Is that what it stands for? General uh, equivalency, equivalency degree? I think that's um, what it is. I don't know because up. I don't have one. Yeah, I, I don't know because I do have one. Uh, let's look it up right now. General educational de- development? What? Yeah, that doesn't seem right. Development. Well, whatever, Darren. Uh, we can't both be googling things at the same time. 
let's start the show. I thought you were going to, like, say your name. I'm Jake Smith. Well, I was just gonna, trying to wait enough time for the for the uh, song to finish no, but playing before we, don't have we to started wait. in. We just split the audio. It's a little inside baseball no, for anyone I've, listening. I've just been, I've just been waiting. Um, well, first of all, you haven't. Second of all, you've been making me edit all the episodes, so just don't do that. Oh, okay, well... You're the boss. You're I'm the not the who, boss. You're I don't... the one who signs my checks. You're the one who who chooses my salary and and chooses it um, as as stringent as you possibly can. Just so not that only you do have I not sign to, uh, feed your fa- wife and kids. Not um, only do I not sign your checks, you actually owe me money for this podcast. That's where we're at currently. Yeah, and I never get paid enough. I, I still owe you money. I mean, Darren, I, I would pay you if you got even one person to listen to this episode more than usual. But I just have my doubts that that's going to happen. I have. It's my pH doctor listens to every episode. No, but I said more, one, this episode one more than usual. Right? Oh. Do, you, yeah. do you understand? What's happening? I can I can see if he has kids or a wife, maybe even a husband. Cool. Listen to it too. Uh, this is Snickles, the only the only podcast on the internet where people talk about movies and review them, and also talk about other things. Yeah, this is the only this is the single one podcast where that happens. You can you can look at all those other podcasts. There are podcasts where people at, review movies and there's podcasts where people review things, but this is the only one that thought to combine those two ideas. Yeah, you could you could uh you could go on iTunes, look at all the you know what have you. There's, you know, Action Boys, you know. There's on cinema at the cinema. There's um uh, what is it, Bitch Fit? You know, you can look at all those. Those aren't doing uh, what we're doing. There's Snickles 2, which strangely is climbing to the top of the uh, iTunes charts. No relation. I guess yeah, they just really liked strange. the name. Yeah, it's really strange how that one is the one that's, like, blowing up. Like, people search... All you need to type is, is Snick or Snick into the... Uh, into the search bar and they see ours and they're like, and then they pass over it for, for whatever reason. I, well, I want to make it clear that like their podcast is better than ours. I'm just upset that they stole our name, a name that we stole from a meme. Like um, we had first dibs on that meme. I feel like, I feel like you're upset. You're, you're reasonably upset about this. You know, your, your anger is not misplaced here. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Darren, you're, you're a little yawning over there. You seem a little low energy. Uh, maybe you want to talk about what you've been up to today. Um, what, uh, I went to the dog. I'm watching my girlfriend's dog and I went watching to it the, do what, uh, right now just sit at my feet and sleep. Uh, he's doing this thing with his eyebrows right now where his eyes are like rolled back into his head and he keeps like twitching his eyelids up. He looks like the undertaker. He does. We, we, <laughs> I, I, I voted. I, I fought hard to name him the undertaker, the underhanker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, well, we couldn't, I was like, even, I even wanted compromise. Like I was like, I'm willing to compromise for the underhanker. And she said, absolutely not. I will not name my dog the undertaker or the underhanker. The underhanker. And I was like, I was planning on giving him a leather vest and a hat with some, with like a wig to wear around Darren. the house. Um, the Undertaker wears a duster. Yeah, so but that's I don't too know why you're gonna him. give him a his, vest. His little leggies would get stuck in the duster. I guess. I just that's feel like it's one of the most iconic leggies. dusters. In he's a medium-sized dog. He's not. He's not like 
What is Will he? Is he a is he a working breed? Uh, what does that mean? That's one of the types of breed I think. <laughs> what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Working breed. I think it's like dogs who have actual purpose. Because like a Chihuahua, you can't do anything with. I just realized I'm a little. Con- this is a total tangent here. I'm a little oh, confused. Um, Don't derail us. I'm a little confused <laughs> right now because it appears. I don't know if it's just because Jake's shoulders are really white, but it appears that he's wearing a barista's uniform from the <laughs> shoulders down from Starbucks. Uh, it's, I'm wearing it's, a tank top that's got green oh. piping. Okay, it's a green piped tank top with a shark yeah. opening its, it's mouth. Got, it's got a shark the- pocket. Oh, God, I'm trying to get... Wait, I could just move the camera. Yeah, <laughs> I could just can. move the camera. And if you <laughs> open it... You can get the shark's tongue. Sharks don't have tongues that long. That's anatomically incorrect. Yeah, well, it's anatomically incorrect for someone to look this jacked, but here I am. That's true. Jake, Jake, since last recording, Jake appears to have gained 75 pounds of pure muscle. Yeah, Darren, did you see me last recording, bud? You were a rail, and now you're... Yeah, did you see me last recording? Uh... Just I, trying to remember. Oh, last recording. Oh, well, that was a bonus app. You did a oh. catch-up app. I'm talking about only real episodes. I do have a tank top on because I have to turn the fan, my fans off because uh, they're too loud. And my apartment doesn't have air conditioning. And it's 80 degrees right now with like 80% humidity. So I am just dripping with sweat. But Darren, what did you do this week, bud? Oh, boy, there's so much to name. Uh, I went back to Colorado and uh, didn't bring my microphone. It was a real refreshing change of pace for my life that I really needed. Um, Not taking your microphone? Yeah, not taking my microphone, not worrying about any of this bullshit. Uh, This thing we did once in, like, six weeks? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My sister got married um, for the first time. Uh, that's a in, weird thing to say in Carbondale. <laughs> Hopefully, the last time, uh, and because we like the guy that she got married to, he's a cool, he's a cool dude. The family agrees. He, we approve. Some people um, don't like to admit it, Darren, but fifty-fifty. That's all I'm gonna say. It's a great movie. It's a great stat about divorce. Is it really fifty-fifty? Yeah. Really. Well, mm-hmm. we hope they're in the, the good 50. They yeah. seem like they are. Um, yeah, so we went to Carbondale, beautiful town in Colorado, not Carbondale, Illinois, which is somehow the more famous Carbondale in America. Um, yeah, that's crazy. More people don't know about Carbondale, Colorado. Yeah, I went, I went there with my family, like the whole family. It was really the first time in a long time that I've seen my family all together like that. Um, And it was incredible. It was like, um, I'm having trouble like readjusting being back because uh, that was like the perfect vacation. Like literally, I don't think it could have, I don't think anything could have gone any better uh, being in Colorado this past few weeks one thing maybe one thing could have gone a little bit better no not not in my (laughs) point of view (laughs) not in my point of view uh darren if this show is such a hassle let's just end it (laughs) let's just if you hate it so much oh jake i was on last episode we were both we both recorded an episode yep we both did and i heard it It did it we both we both recorded we both um, yep. we both made an appearance last episode, so you cannot get on my case. I've been in, I've now <laughs> appeared in one fewer episodes than you at this point. Yeah, uh, you came back this morning or today? I came back. Yeah, today. Yeah, this morning. I came back at like midnight today. Uh, oh, midnight f- my time, midnight your time, or midnight Colorado time? My time. Mm. 
Hmm. Uh, it was like a 15-hour drive. I came from uh, Bar Star Ranch in um, in Fair Play, Colorado. Uh, if you are a cattle trader, try Bar Star Ranch. A little plug for them. Uh, nice <laughs> people there. Uh, Bar Star brand, Bar Over Star brand cattle. Um, very good quality cattle, and just uh, good people. You know, there's they have a shooting range over there. They have a uh, fishing range. They have a fishing lake over there, and uh, you can camp sometimes. You know, yeah, got lots of wildlife. Uh, but yeah, I had lots of fun uh, doing that. Got to see my sister and her new husband. Um, you, you keep saying new husband, like you're saying some, you're using some weird adjectives. New husband, her brand spanking new hubby. Uh, it was very good, very, very emotional. I was, we, I gave him a hug. I was like, well, this thing's brand new. And, mm-hmm. uh, she was like, yep, he's still shiny. I'm still going to break him in. Um, don't worry. She will. If you know how women are. I don't. So I'm gonna. T- it's gonna take me a second to get that joke. But between the wedding, I emceed the wedding. It was beautiful. Uh, but oh. between that and um, the camping trip from which I left to go to California, I went to the gym. And uh, on my, vi- I only was able to go once. But the visit to the gym, uh, I was in the locker room at the end, and this guy goes, "You get a good workout in." I said yes, but I've gained more weight since I've been back here. um, Everybody's feeding me. I'm visiting from California. This is my hometown. And he goes, oh, great. Uh, I live in Arvada. And we started talking about stuff. And then um, he offered some sort of financial mentorship from a couple in San Diego. And I had my tarot card read uh, a couple couple weeks ago about a month ago now where i was told to be a yes man with pretty much every endeavor so you know what when he offered this financial mentorship from san diego i remembered that i was told to be a yes man so i said you know what here's my contacts so i gave him my contacts you pulled him out of your eyes and i we traded contacts he gave me his glasses and I gotta tell you that it is not working. These are like bottle. These are like Coke <laughs> bottles. Um. But yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know what to think. I, I don't know if I should move forward with this because he called me today. What, is, what does this mean? I don't really know. This feels pyramid schemey, Darren. Yeah, I. Uh, We've already established on this episode that you're kind of a fucking idiot when it comes to your money. Uh, I'm gonna, I don't know, man. Like, I'm gonna ask him what it is. Hey, dude, be straight with me. Is this a scam? I'm just gonna, well, (laughs) I'm just going to look out for the key ingredients to a pyramid scheme. Basically, um, if the bottom of this is a, is a square and the, uh, upper four sides are a triangle that meet into a point. Um, I'm not going to have any part in building it. So, there you go. I'm not going to build a pyramid scheme. Look, but if you can get it on the ground floor of a pyramid scheme, Darren, that's going to be good news for you. Um, yeah, I suppose. That's where all the big bucks come in, baby. So, if you're looking for big bucks, join a pyramid scheme. Hey, Jake, uh, what did you do? That's all I had to say. I... Had a little health scare. Oh, shit. Uh, speaking of doctors, I, uh, it's gonna get a little, a little, uh, personal, but. Are you willing, are you sure you want to broadcast this to the Yeah, I don't give a shit. Followers that we have. I'm fine. Okay. Uh, some people might not want to hear it, but this is my real life unfiltered, baby. That's what we've always said. Okay, Snickles unfiltered. Great. I was uh, taking a shower the other day, washing myself. Blood felt came little, out. No, felt a little bump on my uh, on one of my balls. 
Oh, uh, like yeah. straight on the testicle. Uh, so if you don't know, there's the sack, and then there's like the the if you're the a meat girl inside. or whatever. If you're like a girl or whatever, watch. Imagine this. putting imagine putting a meatball in a Ziploc bag, and you've basically got you've basically got the uh, the image. It wasn't on the testicle itself, but it was also like it was under the skin. It wasn't like a bump or anything. So I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out, which I think most people would do in that situation. You know, like no one wants to find a lump in a sense anywhere, really, but in a sensitive area like that. So I'm like, I'm like, uh, you know what you do? You do like the frantic Googling. And I'm like, I'm sure it's not cancer, but I want to know like what else it could be. Well, you know, well, like literally that is the testicular cancer check. That's like the biggest red flag for testicular cancer. Yeah. But uh, I'd actually just gone to the, like I had a checkup like a week before I left Colorado. So to have like a lump right after I had like my blood drawn and everything and everything was fine. It'd be crazy for that to be cancer. But I mean, I guess it's possible. But anyway, I'm like looking it up. And the the Mayo Clinic is like, yeah, testicular cancer is uncommon. It only occurs in one in two hundred fifty four men. And I was like, that doesn't seem that rare to me. That seems <laughs> like. <laughs> I mean, those are uh, that's less than a hundred. That's it's less than hundred percent of men. That is less than hundred percent of men. <laughs> that's less than hundred percent. So that's not that common. But it's not like it wasn't rare enough that I was like, oh, I'm reassured. But uh, I call my mom and I like explain it to her, which is not an awkward conversation. But uh, I mean, like one that is important to have. And yeah, we did you we say basically what's talk. up, mom? I got a bump in my <laughs> my fucking sack. <laughs> uh, yeah, I said, mom, what goes bump in the night? And I said, not my sack because it's got a bump. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I schedule, we've got like a health clinic here on campus. I schedule an appointment. I found this like last Monday, maybe, maybe last Tuesday. Um, I schedule an appointment for today. And so I'm like, God, that's like six days of just like worrying. And like, it's been crazy hot here. So I've just been like really tired all the time. And just like, you know how it is. Like you're just sweating all the time. You just feel like exhausted and I'm like, oh, no, I'm so tired. Like, I have cancer. I'm going to fucking die. But uh, I, go to the, I go to the doctor. He's, like, asking some basic questions. He's, like, he's a really friendly. Like, he's too friendly. You know when doctors are, like, too friendly? This yeah, sounds like I, a, this, <laughs> yeah, this, this sounds like a yeah, shitty 90s. This sounds go like a skinny, like. Minute. Go on with your minute of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not trying to do that. But it does sound like I'm at the comedies. You guys ever have a you guys ever have a friendly doctor? Like uh hey guy, I'm just here to get my blood drawn. You don't have to be so friendly. <laughs> uh that's not what I was actually trying to do. I was just like you know when a doctor is too friendly. It's like off-putting. It's like no one is like this. <laughs> just fucking be a real human maybe. But he's asking me some questions. He's like you're going to be totally fine. He puts like a a big sheet of paper over me. And he's like, all right, this is just like cover you up now if you'll just pull your shorts down. So I pull them down and then he pulls the paper off, which like, I don't (laughs) care. I don't like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm there, I'm there to get my, my junk looked at. So like, I didn't need the paper in the first place, but to to put it over me to pull my shorts down is like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like, it's not like there was a hole in the paper that he used to somehow no, he, get my junk out. <laughs> he just didn't. He really it was a, the the act of somebody taking their pants down is an, is offensive to him. He doesn't want to <laughs> see that a- specific action, but everything else is cool. Yeah. So he uh, he he checks around and he lets me know that I've got a cyst, a, a scrotal cyst, which uh, That's, he said that if was I, the name of my band in high school. Uh, we played technical death metal. We had a saxophone player going. What was your uh, big hit? Um, it was called Ouch. <laughs> it was called Not Bump in the Night. <laughs> uh, so he told me basically if I just like soak it in the tub or with like a washcloth, it should go down. So uh, 
I don't have cancer. I also found out that the school like charged me for some insurance program that fortunately I was able to cancel in time. So I like I got like two thousand dollars back. So that was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. So it was a pretty good day. Yeah. Wow. You you found out you didn't have cancer. And you got two thousand dollars. That's wow, Jake. You must have done something really nice and to someone. Hopefully, uh, Darren and I like to share about how we're like anxious wrecks on the show from time to time. That's I was what so gets. That's what brings in the clicks, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, Snickles unfiltered. That's the annoying. They called it Snickles Two Unfiltered, which is our thing. Yeah, I don't. Who are these guys, dude? I don't know. I've never listened to the show out of anger. Jake, okay, I'm going to stop recording. Um, don't actually stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your eyes, like, look at your, <laughs> look at your computer screen. No, I wasn't. Um, my, my recording's over here. I was just looking at you over here. Okay, good. Uh, I, was trying well, to, I was trying to look at my... I was trying to... Here's a little insider information. I was trying to look at myself on the webcam to see if you could see. I'm, like, shiny with sweat. Yeah. It's so fucking hot. Wow. Um... <laughs> I was just going to say, are people catching on to... People are clicking Snickles 2 a lot more. I'm like, I think, I think this facade is working that we're doing that. Because um, really it's just about how popular we can get the word Snickles. Um, are you... Yeah, like you're, you're, you're in... You're, you're like on, on board with keeping doing that. Yeah, dude, I I love that plan, but we have to talk shit about it on here because it'll drive people to Snickles, too. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah, recording again. Yeah, I'll put the recording back on. Um, But I was so I was so anxious last night that I had a dream that I went to the doctor and left without him looking at my balls. (laughs) And I was trying to I was trying to sneak back into the doctor's office so that he would look at my balls. And I was like, what? (laughs) What kind of dream is this? Like, who? Who was that the <laughs> most confusing dream you've ever had? What's it's up f- there. What's your favorite dream you've had in the past year? Mm. I do you have an answer? Yeah, I guess I yeah, I do. It happened like it happened when I was in Carbondale just now. Oh. Um Basically, uh, so I was playing um, Rainbow Six Siege with my friends, and uh, I was just 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 boning, just boning everybody, just nice. pon- just poning Terry's, and then my gun switched to a Nerf gun, oh, um, no. and I started shooting people, and none of the all the Nerf guns kept doing that thing where they would shoot crooked. Oh yeah, like they would wanted. Shoot and they would shoot around, yeah, they would shoot around my target, but there would be no one behind them, so they would just shoot the target and hit nothing. Or if I hit them, they would just, uh, oh, they would just oh. bounce right off. I knocked my water cup over, but it landed, up, it landed upright. I'm having a good fucking day, dude. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> uh, Jake, Jake's day out. This is Jake's good day. Um... <laughs> This is my day out. Is my water cup didn't spill on my floor and I don't have cancer. <laughs> and you got $2,000. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then I realized that the nerf darts weren't working. So I just switched to my... I was like, oh, wait, I have a real gun. And then I just started shooting people in the face with a real gun. And, um, and then I started just owning everybody again. Just acing. Just ace combat, you know. <laughs> That this the is the best dream, best dream had. you've had in the That's last the best year. Dream I've had in the last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's honestly probably got me beat for dreams. I don't have good dreams. I have like very vivid negative dreams Why? all the time. Like That's not good. I had a dream. It doesn't seem like I, it's good for your psyche. <laughs> no. I had a dream like a couple weeks ago. I guess it was before I went back to Colorado. I had a dream where I like killed my brother in my dream. Oh my I, god! I felt so bad about it that I woke up and texted him. I told him I was sorry. Oh my god! I've got I've got like dreams all the time where people like break into my house and I have to kill them. Like it's the worst. So you or, are there is like a type of person who like texts people in real life and like like just randomly and is just like, uh, hey, I'm sorry for what happened in my dream. 
and you're that type of person. I don't Evidently. typically I don't typically do that, but like I hadn't talked to my brother in a little while, and it's just like I have. I love your brother. I I know. I just felt so bad. Yeah. Um, the worst. Can I can I tell about the worst dream situation I ever had? Sure. This was when I was working at the Alamo Draft House, right when uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens had just come out, and. We were open 24-7, and I, I worked a midnight shift until, Wait, like... Alamo used to be open 24-7? Just for, just for like, three days when that movie oh, came out. Oh, okay. Jesus, still, that's... Really, yeah. Wow, that's harsh. So I worked, like, a... Wait, I think I worked at midnight, and I worked for, like, six hours, and then I had, like, eight hours off, and then I came back for, like, an afternoon shift, so whatever that math works out to. I came in at, like three in the afternoon or something no wait that doesn't make sense i don't know whatever and so i i worked like 16 hours or something that opening day and in that time between my two shifts i went home and i slept and i dreamt about being at work oh god (laughs) so i really got like no reprieve that whole time (laughs) that happens all the time to people though i mean i've had that before but between two shifts in one day to dream about your work, like, that's just, that's awful. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I used to do that when I would, like, work overtime. When I was trying to save up for college, I, that would happen to me, like, at least twice a week. I would wake up and be like, oh, I'm not at work anymore. Or I would have a dream that I was late for work, and then I showed up and everybody hated me, and then I'd wake up and be like, oh, shit, <laughs> I can't be late for work. Huh? <laughs> uh, no one likes to hear about dreams. We should stop talking about this. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but, sometimes uh, I, are interesting. I do have just the worst anxiety dreams. I do, yeah. I, I lucid dreamt once. Wow. And the first thing I did was fly. And I, and then as soon as I started flying, I was like, wait, this... I can't, he's like, I, I was like, I can't grip, I can't grip my, this, re, this that this is just a dream and not reality. And then I woke <laughs> up. You turned into Morty? Yeah, basically. I Wait, couldn't I, uh, I, I, uh, <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. I didn't know what to say. Um, should we get into reviewing some stuff? It's been like half an hour. Has it really? Yeah. Holy Which is fine. Shit. We're just getting back on, we're getting back on the horse. And I talked about a bunch of movies last week. And also, if anyone listens to this show, I kind of feel like they might not listen for the movie talk. If I'm being yeah. honest. <laughs> but yeah. still, still, we have to pretend. Yeah, that's my favorite uh, Radiohead album, is we have to pretend. Um, What's your right, favorite song on that album? Uh, probably um, probably Monsters in My Closet. Oh, that's um, a good one. I like Imaginary Prodigy. Yeah. Those, those are the two <laughs> most uh, experimental and the, the most non-experimental. They're experimental. What <clears> happened <throat> was they were experimental, but then they went mainstream, so everyone just ripped them off. So everyone's yeah. like, this is derivative bullshit. But it's actually, it was the original. We're going far with this. We're going far with this fake radio. <laughs> radio <laughs> <at all. laughs> um, uh, what did you see recently? I saw, well, the one movie that I told you I would see, uh, mm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. Do you want to talk one about that, that first? Yes. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. So this I, movie, uh, I hinted at this the last, uh, well, not last episode, but the, the episode before that. Yeah. Yeah. D- Darren, you go. You go. I'm sorry. No, you, no, you, okay. Well, this should be the title of the, uh, the podcast. No, you go. No, 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 no. I, I insist. <laughs> um, no, I, I think this movie has been getting a lot. People are loving to hate this movie. Which, right off the bat, you can probably tell how I felt about it. Um, uh, I liked it. I liked this movie. I mean, like, I think Tarantino has a pretty clean streak of, like, making really enjoyable movies. Uh, like, people, it seems, the people who hated it always, at somewhere at the end of their report of what they felt about the movie, they always end up saying, I expected, like, either... A Tarantino movie, or I expected a Manson murder movie. 
And um, as soon as they say the words I expected, I'm like, oh, yeah, you hated this movie because you expected something from it. Wait, you get to the end of the report and you don't know that they hated it? Well, no, I know that they hated it, but I'm I just I understand so much more of how they could have hated it by the fact that they had expectations for it going in. Which is not the way to watch any movie, really. I uh, I really didn't have high expectations going into this. Uh, famously, I don't know if it's as famously at all, but I didn't like Hateful Eight. I thought it was Tarantino's worst movie, and so like I was I was hesitant going in. But I can understand why someone might expect something. Tarantino was kept talking about how like this was his magnum opus. He kept talking about how this was his greatest movie. He said that it's like. He's like, this is the closest movie I've made to Pulp Fiction, like, since Pulp Fiction. I would which, agree like, with the last statement. I don't think it's no his way. magnum opus, though. No way. Inglourious Bastards is, is way one. more Pulp Fiction than this. This movie very uh, closely just follows two characters. Yeah, that's true, but there's a lot more, like, vignettes in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood than there are in Inglourious Bastards. Pulp Fiction is a movie all about vignettes. That's really what how the story moves on. And this movie was like almost all vignettes, but I mean they all and they and they all even came together. I I actually told my friends at the end of this movie that uh this was the closest to Inglorious Bastards. Uh to be honest, I I never thought about Pulp Fiction, but I actually do think it is I still think it's closer to Inglorious Bastards than Pulp Fiction. Um, okay, so you can probably tell from my tone that I didn't, I didn't love this movie, and I, I guess I liked it. I felt like, at the end of the movie, I was like, oh yeah, that was two and a half hours of, like, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio just, like, hanging out. Like, was there a story? Not really. Were the Mansons involved at all? Not really. Should should they have even cast Charlie Ma- Charles Manson? Probably not. Like it probably would have been it probably would have been better to just do like a Pulp Fiction briefcase sort of thing. I went in and I went in like not. I was like, this is not going to be a Manson movie. This is going to be a Hollywood movie, and it totally was. It was just a buddy. Like I think Tarantino literally just wanted to make a buddy comedy. You know, with with an explosive ending. I feel like the the problem with that is it's not that funny. And, like, the story is just, like... It's I mean, just, it's, the joke It's where pretty laughing, lacking. The story, uh, the little mini story about how uh, Brad Pitt's character... Spoiler uh, for this movie. The story about how Brad Pitt's character <laughs> killed his wife, like the flashback it did for that, I laughed so hard at that. That was so funny, I thought. Uh, it was really dark. It was, like, super dark humor. Really, like, I think all of Tarantino's movies, except for maybe Reservoir Dogs, are, like, just dark comedies, you know? He just has, like, a very specific brand of humor. I agree. I just think that, like, as far as his movies go, this wasn't the funniest. Like, I'm not saying there wasn't anything funny in it. There were funny parts. Uh, that little girl, that little actress, I, I loved her character. She was funny. Yeah, um, I I thought this was actually the funniest movie he's ever made. I wow. laughed the most. I laughed more in this movie than any other movie that I've seen by him. That's interesting, and that's cool. Um, yeah, I thought just the setup of the characters were great, and like, I uh, yeah, I mean, I loved Brad Pitt's character, and I thought Leonardo DiCaprio's character was really funny. The part, like the part where he goes into his trailer and threatens himself if he doesn't get the lines right, was so funny to me. Uh, it made me and my friend next to me just, like, belt out with laughter. When he went up to the mirror and said, if you don't get these fucking lines right, I'm going to blow your brains out. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. I didn't say it wasn't funny, but I don't think it was his funniest movie. I think, hmm. I don't know. I wasn't prepared for this. I didn't really think about what it was his funniest movie. <laughs> but I think, like, 
there were just some weird inconsistencies in the movie and like whatever, but like they had a narrator and then also when they show up to that party, that guy's like, let me tell you a story. They were married and he loved her. Like you already have a narrator. Why is this weird yeah. guy like doing? It was just like so bizarre and like off putting. And like at the end of the movie, I was like, okay, that was, that was fun. I didn't really get anything from it and that's fine. Like, yeah, I, I, I had the experience. I'll never have to watch this movie again. I didn't hate it. Yeah. Um, I would, uh, I don't know. This was, I think the first movie since Reservoir Dogs, which was his first movie without Samuel L. Jackson. This was Tarantino's first non Sam Jackson movie since Reservoir Dogs. Hmm. Um, um, <clears throat> who is Sam Jackson in Kill Bill? He was the piano player. Oh yeah. Um, and I thought, yeah, I mean, it was a change of pace for him because it was more low key than the others. I was laughing very hard. The, okay. F- the, f- at the end sequence, parts of it were so violent that they were kind of hard to watch because it just went, it was like the rest of the movie was so like darkly humorous, but it was like light, dark humor. And, uh, the end just went zero to like it builds, but like the violence just like starts with literally like, I mean, literally the snap, like literally the click of like Brad Pitt's tongue. That's when the violence starts Mm -hmm. and it just goes and goes and goes. And honestly, I thought that was like some of the most gruesome violence I've seen in a Tarantino movie. Like it was kind of hard to watch at the end. It was a little bit, Mm -hmm. it was a little bit tough. Um, but the way that he ended that sequence, I thought was like maybe, maybe the biggest laugh I had in the whole movie. Uh, how he ended the movie, how he ended the sequence, um, with the flamethrower, really just the beginning of Leo DiCaprio's part in that, where she smashes through the glass and he has no idea what to do. He's just like sitting in the pool, listening to music. And then he sees this woman who is on fire, smash through his glass into his pool. And then he grabs a, or no, no, not on fire, but she's covered in something. What is she covered in? Dog food? Is she? I don't know. But she jumps into the pool yeah. and then he f- he roasts her. He cooks her. <clears throat> and then he tells his neighbor <laughs> that he roasted a dirty hippie in his pool or something <laughs> like that. I thought that was hilarious. I also want to point out that 2019, I posted this on Facebook, 2019's new like common like horror antagonist, I guess has been hippies like for the most part i think that's i think this is the year of the hippie of the hating hippies huh like in what like this movie midsummer it's basically hippies uh what's the other like there's a bunch of documentaries where you're saying this is a horror movie no no not really but the antagonist is hippies and uh that or is the antagonist hollywood itself Oh, good, good stuff, Jake. I would, I would place this movie in, in Tarantino's like anthology in like the. I would put this bottom upper tier, in my opinion. What is upper tier for you? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think my favorite Tarantino movie is probably Pulp Fiction. Um, I would put this like below. Kill Bill Volume 1 above Kill Bill Volume 2. Okay. Where is Bastards? It's... it's So, uh, Django and Bastards always fight each other. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like... It would probably go Pulp Fiction and then, like, Django and Bastards. And then Kill Bill Volume 1 and then... Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But I it feel was like very I can good. support that. I can support that. What uh, yeah. what would you rate it? I would probably give this an eight out of ten, just straight off. Wow, straight straight across, just an eight out of ten. You really loved it. 
It's very good. Yeah, I had a good time. I didn't. I left my expectations at the door. I was like, I hope this is different from what Tarantino usually makes. Uh, he had really good characters. However, I don't think Sharon Tate's story was like totally necessary. Because what story was that? Sharon Tate's story. Yeah. What story? Uh, I mean, really, the only reason that she was in the movie, I think, is to inform us of the actual history of what happened where she was gruesomely murdered by hippies that were sent out by Charles Manson. But like the part with her in the movie theater, I didn't really understand. Like it was an innocent part, but it spent a lot of time on that. And I was like, why is this here? I think what he's trying to do with all that is like, cause we all expect that Sharon Tate is going to get killed at the end. So I feel like he's trying to like be like, oh, it's going to happen to her like better. Like, oh, you're getting used to her now, blah, blah, blah. Like you better get better. But like, I I don't know that it really works. I also like. I said this a bit earlier, but like, I don't know if the Manson thing is really needed in this movie. Like, (laughs) Well, I think it just served as like a history re like one of his history revised yeah. s- series of movies. Where like it had people who unfortunately won it's, they won like that fight in real life and I think he's been writing movies where the people who shouldn't have won are losing in his movies. I get it, but like I don't know. I just feel like, why put Charles Manson to have two lines? Like, that's crazy to me. It was, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, I think, I think that was a satisfaction thing, too. Like, people just wanted, people were like, oh, Manson's in this universe, where is he? But I guess, yeah, that wasn't entirely necessary. But that did build a lot of tension, like, him coming to the Tate house and introducing himself. I suppose. I, I don't know. I... I didn't love this movie. I'd give it, like, probably a 6 out of 10. Yeah. Like I said, I did enjoy a lot of the parts as it was going. But, like, afterwards, when I look back, I'm like, why did we need, like, a, f- a five-plus-minute scene of Leonardo DiCaprio just, like, acting in this movie? Like, <laughs> yeah. was was all of that necessary? Did this need to be two and a half hours? <laughs> Yeah, and it that's felt what I was. Like, uh, it felt like kind of like a love letter to the '60s too. That's kind of what it felt like. That's this is something that I think is crazy. Tarantino made a movie in '60s Hollywood, and no one says the N word. That's <laughs> that's crazy. Also, the first yeah, also the first Tarantino movie I think ever without that. <laughs> so there's that. Do they use it in Kill Bill? Definitely in Kill Bill 2, maybe not in 1. Well, Tarantino says it's all one movie, so... Oh, well, then I can't put Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in between them. I'd, put um, it, I'd actually put it below Volume 2. I'd put Once Upon a Time in Hollywood below Volume 2. So, that just leaves Reservoir Dogs, Hateful Eight, and Jackie Brown below it? Death Proof. Oh, okay. I was just thinking of like movies that he wrote and directed, like his... He wrote and directed Death Proof, I think. Didn't mm, isn't there something weird about it? Didn't didn't he did he co-direct it or like co-write it or something? It might have been co-directed because I know with it was the, on Grindhouse, which was Robert Rodriguez and yeah, him. I think he did it with Robert Rodriguez. It doesn't matter. It's funny when I was a kid, I liked Planet Terror better than Death Proof, and now that I'm an adult, I like Death Proof better than Planet Terror. That oh, is how funny. Things change. Oh, how things change. We do, uh, we do, we do grow as we, uh, as we grow. Um, what else did you watch, Jake? I saw, oh, this is actually, this is a good thing. <laughs> I saw at my local theater, because the second part is coming out, they were doing a rescreening of It, chapter one. Oh, wow, okay. And, uh, so I think it's well established at this point how we all feel about it. I gave it seven out of ten. Darren, you gave it. Did you bump it back down to? Did you bump it down to seven? No, I think it's, you had still, it at seven it's and still half. a strong seven and a half. Well, I think you might have moved it to seven and a quarter at one point. No, it's a strong <laughs> seven and a half. Okay, so what I wanted to say was, I feel like 
rewatching it, I realized that I might have overestimated how much I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to bump down my original rating of the movie to a six and a half. Because oh, I feel wow. like I just didn't quite enjoy it seven out of ten. But on second viewing, I did enjoy it more. So I'm going to move it back up to a seven out of ten. <laughs> seven um, and a half, maybe? No. Oh, just, okay. a, just a seven. Because, okay, here, here I think I can put into words better what I was trying to say all those years ago when we talked about it for the first time. Darren just saw me burp and decided not to fill, fill time there, so we were just going to have some uh, dead air. I didn't know how long that was going to take. You were blowing <laughs> into your hand uh, hard. You didn't have to do that. I like No one can see you, Jake. The mic, <laughs> Did you think you were going to throw up in your microphone? I was covering my burp noise. You shouldn't do that. You should let the folks hear it. No. It's, this is partially filtered now. Um, I think my problem with it and with, like, other movies in like all sorts of genres, I think I have this problem is like, it doesn't really leave anything to the imagination. It's all sort of like right out there. Like everything with Pennywise, everything with how the kids are, like all the jokes, I feel like they hit pretty hard. And so it just feels like, I guess I'm just like watching it and I don't feel like I'm like engaging with it, which that can be problematic. Is what a good movie movie does. Well, I mean, it's all up to people. It's all up to, you know, like the it's in the eye of the beholder here, like with horror movies, especially. I think that's why, like, the Conjuring movies do so well uh, is because, like, they kind of just hit you in the face. Like the first two Conjurings, I haven't seen the second one. I'm told it's really good. But the first Conjuring, I know, like, uh, does like to leave it up to the imagination for the most part. But at the end, it starts whacking you over the head with all these images, which appeals to both types of like horror viewers where like stuff like Annabelle, uh, uh, three million views on YouTube. Um, that those type of movies like hit people over the head and that's why they're so popular is because people, a lot of people really like to just see everything in the horror movies when like movies like hereditary did really well critically, but not, um, with like a lot of audiences because, Mm -hmm. They didn't, it didn't show everything, you know? But I think it's not just horror. I think it's like in comedies, if a joke is like so obvious, like sometimes it's better to like not state it or like less is not, more. Not just keep hitting the same joke over and over. Like we get it. Well, yeah, that's if why they're I... like, if they're making a joke like this character's so fat, like, yeah, mm-hmm. we get it. Like, case in point, that the joke about. Uh, Cliff's wife getting killed in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like, it didn't show her mm-hmm. getting actually killed. It just, he had the harpoon gun pointed at her while she was yelling at him. And that made it so much funnier to me rather than just like, because if he would have shot her, that probably would have ended that, like, levity right there. That would have made it a lot heavier. And also, <laughs> I think the fact that, like, we don't know if that's an accurate flashback or if that's like just what this person has heard, you know, like, yeah, that is also up to our like imagination. Mm-hmm. It's like letting the, letting the viewer do some of the work. Yeah. That is true. Yes. You got a point about, uh, less is more. That's, that's our, that's our Ted talks on less is more yes. in movies. Uh, all genres. I think the same thing applies to anything. I don't think we need to talk about more examples because that would be no. We don't. No, we be, don't. Being too obvious about it. it uh, too, yeah, that's being that's given too much. I'm gonna bump it up to a seven out of ten. I'm excited to see part two. That shit's gonna be like two hours and forty five minutes. I think, which is Damn. insane. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Darren, did you see anything else you want to talk about? Yes, I did. Uh, I watched uh, The Boys, uh, the full first season. I watched The Boys as well. The full first season? Mm Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Yes. Uh, I, so I have, like, a very specific style of, like, I'd say, like, I'm kind of, uh, I, I like to pull things from each type of universe. Like, some people 
go for really some people like really most people either like really artsy films mm-hmm. some people either like like really big blockbuster films you know and a lot the big block the problem with those is like the big blockbuster films are not going typically not going to bridge the gap of like the hard subject matter that the independent films are going to cover you know mm-hmm. but the boys i think bridges that gap and I think it's good, and I like both. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a fan of, like, as, as everybody knows, Marvel. You know, I like the Marvel movies, and I like, you know, like, Moonlight is one of my favorite movies. It, I mean, it's a big Oscar uh, independent film, but uh, it's an Oscar-winning independent film, but it's still an independent film at heart, and it covers those, like, harder issues. Um, and I think the boys definitely bridges that gap. So I was pretty floored by the boys the whole way through. Honestly, I have not been that addicted to a TV show since Breaking Bad. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, what I think was so like cool about the boys is that it's like so, so recognizably like making fun of Marvel, making fun of DC but also, like, every character, with, like, very few exceptions, is played by an actor who I had never seen before, which really, like, sets anything can happen to this person. Like, if you get, like, I don't know, like, fucking Matt Damon for your TV show, like, there's the expectation that, like, oh, they're going to protect him because they want to keep Matt Damon in their TV show. But, like, when it's all these unknown actors, like, anything can happen to anyone, uh, I'm going to assume there's spoilers from here on out. Like anyone at any moment could just like get blown up or get like run over. And it like, it did a great job of like really grabbing me and being like, Hey, fucking pay attention. Cause at any second, like something crazy can happen. And they set up like, okay, the seven is like super important. They're like a huge deal in this world. And like, typically you'd be like, okay, well they're fucking untouchable. Like, how would you even kill someone with these sorts of powers? But they fucking go there. Yeah. And they establish how hard, it, how difficult it is for them, mm-hmm. too. Because, like, even just the invisible guy, it took them, like, a lot to I kill feel like him. they should have figured that one out sooner, though. <laughs> if, I'm be- like, <laughs> if I'm being honest, like, oh, my God, his skin's impenetrable. What do we do? Like, is that... Can you really not figure that one out? Well, they can't just... I mean, what? They they figured it out all in the same episode. They can't just, like, cut to... I know, I know. They can't just, like, cut to, like, the boom part, but, you know. <laughs> I just want to feel smart here, Darren. <laughs> uh, I thought, yeah, the pacing was perfect the whole time. I was never mm-hmm. bored. Uh, it was, like, horribly graphic at moments, but that's what kept me engaged was, like, exactly what you said. Anything could happen to any of these characters. Like, people get raped, people get killed. Like, it was willing to dive into those issues, like, the big one being the raping. Like, there's a lot of rape in this show, and like, compared to other shows. And mm-hmm. it, like, opens up that discussion about, like, celebrities... Like, it's really drawing a lot of parallels from real-world celebrities yeah. and, like, how they can get they can get away with whatever they want and, uh, you know, like, just regular civilians. Like, what happens behind the scenes? I thought that, like, I just have so much respect for this show doing that. I mean, that's great. I think, like, I don't know that, like, it's my favorite show of the year, even, that I, I haven't finished Mindhunter, but Mindhunter might take that right now because that show is fucking really good. Nice. But because uh, I feel like there were like some like problems that I had, but like all, so often it was overshadowed by like them doing the unexpected crazy thing. Like at the at the end of the season when fucking what's oh what is his name the Captain America Superman guy Homelander Homelander yeah. When Homelander fucking melts that girl's eyes and like, yeah. he's like, he's like, now what do you have on me? Like that, that is was, so that's so fucking vicious and like I know. Oh my god. <laughs> I was definitely I was a I mean while watching that 
I was like, I don't know who's going to do it, but one of these motherfuckers is going to kill. Like, that lady's going to die yeah. in this scene. Uh, and I don't know what's going to happen to the baby. We still don't know what's ha- what happened to the baby. Like, it, it, it just, like, I even knowing what's going to happen to the, the woman, I was like, this is the only, like, expected part. Even then, they still have something in the scene where I don't know what happened. I don't I don't know what to expect at this point because like the ending was so bizarre and crazy. Like it was like so it was it was like oh this guy's going to break in and kill her and like we get it. And then to have like Homelander just fucking do it and be like okay now what? Like you yeah. have nothing over me now. <laughs> oh yeah, my god. Exactly. And then that fucking ending when they're like at, on that lawn. I didn't expect that Ooh. at all either. I was like I was like, I thought Homelander whispered what he found out from the doctor into the woman's ear. What was her name? Uh, Stillwater? Is it Stillwater? I don't remember. What is it? I don't know. Um, I think her name's, yeah, Margaret Stillwater? Something like that. I don't know. That sounds is right. That? Yo, I was just watching. I was like, bro, Homelander's a savage. <laughs> You're like snapping. Yo! Like, oh, yo! I was like, damn, Homelander? savage (laughs) uh dude yeah that was and i think it purposely there's a couple things where i didn't understand i think and it seemed like they just wrote it in for like theatrics sake like in the beginning how uh butcher is like homelander's a saint like he's the only one who's a saint but yeah Mm -hmm. he has all this knowledge about what he already has the knowledge like he already has the vendetta of what homelander did to his ex-wife in the yeah. past uh like i don't understand why maybe they'll explain it in season 2 they are like apparently halfway through filming season 2 right now wow um but like i don't know why they said that maybe they'll explain it but that was like one of the few flaws i saw with the series it was like small stuff like that here and there yeah that's one of those things where like it works when you're watching it to, like, keep the information from you. But when you think about it, you're like, why the fuck would that character say that? Yeah. But other than that, yeah, I mean, I have so much respect for it. I think every show should be done like this. I mean, Preacher is very similar to this show because the the graphic novel... By the way, a little bit of background. I, I looked into the graphic novel, The Boys, mm-hmm. after watching the show because I was just, like, so obsessed um, but, uh, the boys was picked up. So it's written by the same guy who wrote preacher who is, which also is like executive produced. I think it's actually directed by Seth green, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Uh-huh. And, uh, the boys is executive produced by those two as well. Um, so Duh, there's a lot boys. of parallels there, but like, I guess the boys, the graphic Duh, novel was, boys. Every time we say it, <laughs> Jake's going to say it now. Damn it. Uh, it was picked up by DC and then it went like six issues. And then DC was like, dude, we're discontinued. Like you, we cannot release these issues. These are too <laughs> fucked up and they didn't release them. And so after like issue number six, DC dropped them and they went on to go independent after that for like, five more years or something like more than that actually like five and a half more years interesting yeah so just uh and i guess the guy who wrote like the main guy who wrote the boys was also the writer for like the most violent punisher comics as well oh garth enos yeah is who we're talking about here i think so Um, he made preacher and the boys so i'm assuming that's who you're fucking talking about yeah, uh, just like, yeah, really, uh, really graphic stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely not 100% not for kids, not for most adults, too. Like, I'd say half of the country would hate this show. Because maybe just, like it just pees on religion, it pees on Marvel and it pees on celebrities, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've said Jake's, everything I have to say Jake's on the done, matter. <laughs> Jake is done. Jake's boys out. Uh, what are you? The what are you boys. Getting? What's your rating, Jake? 
Um, I think I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Nice. Yeah. I think I'm going to give the boys a 9 out of 10. All right. That's what yeah. I would have guessed you would give it. Yeah. Uh, it, it did have, like, some small problems that I, I didn't love, but uh, for the most part, like, just anything felt like it was possible, which is, like, just the best feeling when you're watching a TV show. Yeah. If, there's nothing worse than watching a show and feeling like you know what's about to happen. And I've, I've looked into it a lot. There's a lot, like, um, re- I guess reading the comics, there's a lot of smaller differences. There's, like, a lot of differences that are, like, small, but essentially the same situations for each of these storylines, I guess. So there's that. Cool, dude. So if you want to, I'm just saying, reading the, <laughs> reading the comics before you read it or after, like it's another plus about the show. You can read the you can read the comics before or after you watch the show. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, All right. Let's wrap it up, Darren. I'm dying here. I'm gonna turn my fans back on. <laughs> um. Cool. Uh, I'm dying what your, here. What are your What are your closing thoughts? Um. Check for lumps. Uh, I was fine, but you might not be, and might as well check it out. It's well, free. Even in that, even in that case with your cyst, like if you didn't get it looked at, it probably could have gotten much worse. Maybe. Uh, and also, less is more. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to plug that. Less is more. Um, I'm going to be. What are your plugs? I got something to plug. Do it. Go for it. I'm going to be on a sketch uh, with Ship Hosting Productions. It's kind of like a comedy group. Our friend Ryan Pierce is. Oh yeah. Um, the is one of the heads of. I'm going to be in a sketch coming out very soon, uh, so keep your eye out for that. And that's pretty much it. Cool. Uh, we'll keep people posted and. Uh... Man, we get, we gotta have him back on the show. We, got, we love Ryan. We do. We I do. asked Darren if he could try to have Ryan on the show when he went to Colorado and they were spending time together, but then Darren forgot his microphone. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's close it out, Darren. Sure. You want me to do it this time? Yeah, I, you can close it out the same way that we always do. Okay. Like we always say. It's not fraud, it's just false advertising. Bye.